0: Hello everyone, this is Michaela from Joy Inc. And you're listening to the End All The Things podcast. As a life coach and facilitator, I work with individuals and groups to empower their best selves to shine to the betterment of all involved. My goal is always to bring you closer to trusting the voice inside of you that is authentically yours. My job here is no different. In my journey through life, I continue to meet people who use their authenticity, their gifts to grow, change and serve through professional and personal endeavors. These people and their stories become my gift to you for I cannot keep a good thing to myself. And I believe that they may inspire a part of your story to evolve. Hello friends. Welcome to And All The Things. This episode is a bit of a challenge for me because I'm not thrilled with the audio. I struggled with what do I do with it? What do I do with this beautiful story from this beautiful guest with really beautiful gems for you to hear when I'm not proud of the way the audio balanced out? I am very loud and she ends up being very soft. I almost didn't publish it, but what I decided was more important was to not only share the content, but to also share my journey. Starting this podcast was not an intention of creating high metrics and an incredibly professional space. The intention was to create a space that was real and to share and to find ways together to change, to grow and to serve. So in my effort to grow, I am sharing with you in full transparency that this is not the highest quality production and it certainly does not represent my guest in her fullness, but I assure you, her story is worth listening to. So buckle down, situate yourself nearby the volume controls so that you can go up and down as needed, but please take a few moments, take this time and really, really commit to listening to this story. You'll get a proper intro in just a second, but this is me being vulnerable and authentic because what I do and the stories I share are worth it. So this next episode of And All The Things may not be of the highest quality, it may not represent the work that I want to produce, but it represents the story that I want to share. So please enjoy and thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Today I have the privilege of sharing with you the one and only Leslie Rogers-Berry. She is the owner of Lily Rose DMA and is a marketing consultant and speaker based out of Chicago. Leslie loves to demystify marketing and create easy strategies for her clients to make their whole marketing process fun and profitable. But what she also does is work with them on their mindset. She works to overcome the things that bring them down. She does this because she has the voice of experience. Leslie has also become a highly sought after motivational speaker as she shares her story of approaching, identifying, and then overcoming depression and suicide. So be mindful, this might trigger some things for you. So if mental health and suicide are something that, that make you struggle inside, number one, know that we offer tips and strategies and insights to get through and beyond, and know that there are a lot of resources out there to help you because asking yourself the question of are you okay, what would make this better, how can I make my conditions just a little bit better might give the breathing room that is needed so join me in a conversation with leslie and you will get to know her and her mission to share joy by sharing her story of struggle and woe and spinning it into one that is a life filled with joy enjoy the show let's get to know the incredible leslie rogers and all the things So as I just explained, she is a vibrant businesswoman who is inspirational and aspirational. But tell me, Leslie, what does your bio not include? What do we need to know about you um, before we kick off into our conversation today?
1: Um, I'm very goofy. I have learned not to take things too seriously anymore. And I, you know, I love love. I love eating. Yes, God. Um And I really enjoy helping people. I really enjoy helping people get to from the point that they're stuck in, whether mm-hmm. that is an emotional place or whether in their business, they just need some help with strategy. Like I, I, I live for it. I'm like, oh, well, I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Like you just need this, or you just right. need someone to listen to you. So yep. yeah.
0: gosh, we all need someone to just listen to us. Right. And mm-hmm. in my experience, I know that I started out, I I, I hold the same truth, right? I just want to be around love. I want to help empower people. But as a young, as a young emerging woman, Mm -hmm. I was so compelled to just serve and be helpful, 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 right? And I got a lot of people coming my way, looking to me because I was good at it, because I was eager Mm -hmm. to fix and solve and do their things, right? Now, it's it comes out both sides of my mouth, because today, people come to me for the same thing. But I handle it differently. Mm -hmm. Because it was quite burdensome actually, in my younger years, do you share that experience, you know, catching all the people's things and I don't know, not probably dealing with ourselves as much as we should? Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, I realized that I did it because I was looking for love. Mm -hmm. So I felt like the way that I could get love is by being of service to somebody. Mm -hmm. So if I was just myself, like just sitting and being me, you know, I had people who, you know, liked me, but I got, I got bullied a lot. Um, and so it was like, I learned to dim and mm-hmm. I learned to be like, oh, I won't get bullied if I'm nice, nicer to people. Cause I wasn't mean. So I was like, yeah, I'll help with that. I'll do that. I'll be the best friend. I'll be the fix it person. And then all that did was just put me in a place where I ended up with people that were users. I ended up in codependent relationships and Mm -hmm. it wasn't good for me you know and now that I'm older and now that I have boundaries in place I know who I can help and who I can't you know I know what's going to maybe be a trigger for me and other times I'm like you know I'm not the person for you, um, but I wish you well. And I'm okay with walking away. I mean, I can definitely say I still have moments where I'm like, I just want to help. But then the mature (laughs) part of me is like, but you can't. And you'll hurt yourself if you try to go and be all the things to everyone because you weren't meant to be.
0: No. and, And that's it, right? Like we cannot, if we want to continue to pour out from ourselves for others, we have to keep nourishing, right? And in that way of being, and it sounds like we both had some experience with, it was just, yeah, I was looking for love, I was looking for connection, I was praised because I showed up was responsible, I was good at solving problems. And that became in my perception, the only way I knew to make sure I wouldn't compromise that connection. Right. Mm -hmm. So as I've learned and grown, and it sounds like you have, you mentioned boundaries. Boundaries are a big part of the work that I do personally and professionally. How, what do boundaries mean to you today? Like what role do they play to keep you balanced and safe from going back to that old way of being? Um,
1: oh man, that's a loaded question because (laughs) I have boundaries with family now Mm -hmm. that I didn't have before where I actually say no and I mean no um say that again because that's
0: power (laughs) that's power I ask. I'll let you say it but I say no and I
1: mean no so I mean an example of that is my mom's side of the family is huge like she's Mm -hmm. one of seven kids her mom is one of 12 you know she's the second oldest like she's the favorite auntie. So we always have people over like still now my mom always has an open door. People are constantly like moving in with her, moving out, you know, like she has a big heart wow. But for me as a kid. I hated it because I had extra responsibility. Right. So now I'm taking care of other people's children. Now there's always a function and I'm always the one looked at to like, make sure you clean up, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. I had responsibility of um, an adult at a young age, right? Mm -hmm. And not that I didn't get to play and have fun because I had to. But for me, as someone who is a bit more introverted, if you constantly have a house full of people, if you constantly have people in your space, then you never get to relax. You never get to breathe. And when you talk about it, I was being disrespectful or Mm -hmm. it's not that big of a deal. And it's like, so I felt like I was constantly being walked on and what I wanted didn't matter. So mm-hmm. I stopped speaking up for myself
0: and then that yep. translated into other areas, right? Yep. And then so it breeds resentment and, yes. dis- and it creates disconnection when the intention was to maintain connection, Correct. Right? Yes. we get so we now, get lost in that.
1: 100%. So now when I say, no, I can't do that. No, I'm not going to do that. Like they've learned that I mean it because before it was, how come you don't do this? How come I'm like, cause I don't want to, I'm like, and I'm, and I also give examples. I'm like, how long did I do this for you? How long did I do that? I'm like, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm tired. And so, you know, they don't always like it, but now they don't even really bring it up. They don't even ask me to do certain
0: things because. Well, I'm and that's like, congratulations, because what that says is that you were consistent over time. Mm-hmm. right we i know in my experience the easiest relationships to change to to renegotiate the boundaries with were the ones that were further out in my core relationships right but as we got closer to children husband parents right it gets harder and harder because the the depth of connection is so um intense mm-hmm. but it's it it just takes time and time and time again, right? To just yeah. say, I love you, but this doesn't feel good for me, mm-hmm. right? How do we figure out a happy medium? Because it, it takes time, right? We're changing the rules. But I've said before, um, if you're offended by my boundaries, you're probably one of the reasons I need them, right? Mm-hmm. Because those folks are the ones that resist the most because they've mm-hmm. been receiving and receiving. And it's not that they're bad people we've given them permission Mm -hmm. right we've said yes to it so coming out of a time where you experience some bullying you experience some loss of control in your home life am i correct didn't you then move to china and and pursue um, music and teaching That's a big leap for someone who's introverted and who relies on that family connection right? Mm -hmm. to to, to stir them. First off, what a big leap. How did you make the leap and what did that experience, how did that help you uh, or shift you beyond that teenage girl?
1: Um, I got to be me. You know, so a lot of it was my older sister, she studied abroad in Spain. And so I was like, I want to study abroad. And I originally was planning to do um, like a summer thing in Italy. And then I was going to finish up my schooling in Australia since I have family there. And I was like, cool, this is great, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think subconsciously, I didn't realize this until later, I was trying to get as far away from my family as possible. So there was no way that I could be called on for things, right? Right. And it's not that family is
0: bad, but the dynamic at the time was keeping you too too small, too tight.
1: Right. It was very much, I felt stifled. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. felt like, you know, My family is a a traditional Southern family. So it's very much, you know, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. You do what I say do because I said do it. How dare you question me? Right. And so.
0: my And a very religious upbringing, right?
1: Very, Extremely. Mm -hmm. So there's so many layers, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was more of I'm questioning to understand, not to disrespect.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: That was not, I couldn't really articulate that. Um, But also, it just wasn't seen like that. A question was seen as disrespect. So it just felt like no matter what I say, no matter what I do, my I feel like my character was being attacked always. And that was extremely hurtful for me. So I was looking for programs and I ended up finding a program in China and they had a music component to it. And I was like, why not? I'll do it, you know? (laughs) So I went over there. I was only supposed to be there for a semester, and then I stayed um, for three years. And then I ended up going back. Like I came home, and then I went back again for two years. So five years in total being in China. Wow! Yeah, and it changed me in the best possible way. I loved it so much.
0: Put your finger, if you can, on one or two of those finer points of the change, right? Because I I'm a firm believer in, and spread the wings, right? We have to, in, when we understand other people and their perspective and their experience, compassion is naturally built in, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding and richness. Um, so I'm a big, big fan of travel, go out and see the world. Um, so help us point to one or two things that you really learned from your time there.
1: Oh man, I learned that I learned that I was enough.
0: Mm, Oh, Uh, I just want you to say all these things again. I'm going to (laughs) keep like pushing. Rewind, rewind. I learned that I was enough.
1: Yes, because I was around... So I was in an international student program and it was honestly the best thing. Like if you can go, go. Like if you don't have your master's, go for your master's, figure Mm -hmm. it out. But it was the best thing in the world because I was around people from all over the world. And so I got to meet people from all over the world I Mm -hmm. got to see like maybe perceptions I had about their country Mm -hmm. or perceptions they had about mine and we got to see the truth from the lie I got to see that just by being me and me laughing and me joking and me sharing a bit more Mm -hmm. it was accepted if I spoke up people listened you know it wasn't considered like this bad terrible thing and so I relaxed Mm -hmm. you know I didn't have to be on my defense at Mm -hmm. all Um, you know, not there. Now, when it came to like, just being a foreigner in a different country, yes, I'm on my defense, because I'm like, I don't know you, you know,
0: Well, there's a difference between keeping yourself safe, and being on the defensive, right? Like what you said was, you you were able to relax into yourself, but Mm -hmm. we can also be vigilant of the world around us. Right. Um, And I think that's a really important distinction, especially related to China with like the, the idea of martial arts and, and, and karate and fighting, it's not about the fight. It's just about being aware and knowing that you're prepared and you are enough. I I, I preach that, like I say it as often as possible, be prepared and practice and go through it, you know, because we never know what's coming at us, right? Mm -hmm. So you have this kind of euphoric um, communal experience in China, right? And you you grow and you feel this fullness in yourself. and then you come home. You came back in what, 2016? Give so that me. was the
1: second time. Uh, okay. The first time I came home in 2010 and I stayed until 2014, okay. um, which was a terrible time to come home because our economy was trash. Right. And nobody wanted to hire me, basically. Mm. like Because
0: I, you didn't have American experience? Or what was the barrier? I, I had too much experience.
1: So that was the thing. Like, in like the two thousand and eight to really two thousand and twelve, right? It was mm-hmm. I spoke a different language. Mm-hmm. I had connections, like I could talk to people, but they would have to pay me more, right. And they didn't want to pay me. More. So a lot of my friends went back to school and they got their masters. And I was like, I'm not going into debt any more than I already am to go to school. right? And I had my friends who, had stayed in the country who were recently like getting out of their master's programs and they were working at McDonald's because Mm. no one was hiring them. So I was like, there's no point. So I got a job back in China, um, teaching English as a second language, as well as doing Mm. um, music. Um, When I was there, I was able to travel around and like put on shows and it was Awesome. awesome. Yeah. And then I came home in 2016 and that was a hard transition. Mm. Um, It was hard because the second time around, even though it was great, I went to a new city. I was there by myself. I was around a lot of couples and I was single at the time. And it was a little lonely. Like I still like career wise and experience wise, my chef's kiss loved it. But I realized I was like, okay, I think I need to either move to a different city in China or I need to come home. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to come home. Um, also, like, my grandfather was sick and he was dying. And mm-hmm. so I was like, no, I would feel really terrible if I was right. overseas, right? So I came home in 2016, and that was a very hard transition, um, worse than the first time.
0: And I was Right. Like, I, I mean, the the stuff. landscape of our... Country forget you know the economy happened and it, we were coming back a little bit but the landscape of our country was not one of communal. It was not one of understanding others and finding compassion. What did you come home to? Hey, hey there, amazing listeners of and all the things. Thank you for being on this journey with me. The fact that you're still here, I have to assume this podcast has sparked your curiosity encouraging you to think of life beyond your current boundaries. Now it's time to take that energy and channel it into a transformative journey where boundless joy awaits. Introducing the Course for Joy, brought to you by Joy Enterprises and me, Michaela, your joy coach. Life gets busy, I get it, but self-care matters and should not take a back seat. That is why we've crafted a four-week self-guided adventure to seamlessly fit into your routine. In just 15 minutes, a few times each week, our enlightening video lessons and engaging workbooks will guide you through self-discovery and bring you closer to growth. As a special bonus, when you enroll in the Course for Joy, you'll receive an exclusive 50-minute live coaching session. We'll celebrate your progress and create a roadmap for your journey ahead. Are you ready to paint your life with vibrant joy and purpose? Visit myjoycoach.com course To learn more about the transformative course for joy, let's amplify your joy and ignite your purpose together. Stay tuned for more inspiration and insights right here on And All The Things.
1: I came home to death and destruction. I came home to, for the first time, feeling unsafe, Mm -hmm. like in years as a person of color, of seeing So many people dying by police, Mm -hmm. um, by seeing um, so many people just upset by just differences in other people and having to feel superior in order to feel like they are in control. I came home to a place where people tried to make, you know, people feel other and other is bad after coming from a place where other was good. Mm-hmm. After being around so many other people, where it's just like, yeah, you're different. So, like, and we're great. Right. What do you have other. to offer? Great. Right. <sighs> so, you know, I mean, in China, I could it's be at 2 a.m., you know, like walking my dog or like going and getting like their street vendors and I'm like eating food and I'm laughing and I'm joking and I'm feeling 100% safe. And then I come here and I'm looking around like, is it safe for me to go to the store by myself? Like, could I be snatched? You know, is it one of those things of is someone going to be upset? You know, if you accidentally bump into someone or someone going to bump into you and then like start a racial moment. And I'm like, I've never had to really deal with any of this.
0: Isn't that Um, incredible? I mean, I just I just want to pause a moment because like, I'm I'm sitting over here breathing because you know, in in my acknowledged privilege, by the way I was born, I don't know the fullness of exactly what you're saying. You know what I mean? But I can feel it. I can feel it and be compassionate to it and understand the realness and the depth of it. And to know that that happens in our country and in our space, it just makes my breathing heavy, right? Um, because I witness that and it, w- feeling totally disempowered right? What can I do? Like, how do we do this? Um, And I would love, how do we do this? What do we do to overcome this? Um, Anyone has the answer, please write in and let us know. Um, But I think the only way we overcome it is to individually do our best to live with integrity and to move beyond and to pick other people up along the way. so as you're coming through this time and space, right, where the rest of the world is in disarray, there's a bit of a fall from grace returning from China, right? There's this idea of community and belonging. Um, what happens next, right? Because one of, and I'll preface this for our listeners, one of the parts that interested me about about you when we first started chatting was there's this image, this beautiful, vibrant, full of life woman, and then a story about mental health issues and on the journey towards suicide right so for all those listening you know quick trigger warning you know we are going to talk about real things we are here to talk about real things um but it's tough to hear such a beautiful vibrant woman go from feeling enough and knowing the fullness to finding themselves in this place a woman who was born and bred with love and and religion and faith How did, how did it come to be? Because, and I'm asking it in that way, because we are all probably looking at people in our spaces who are struggling with mental health issues on varying degrees. Um, So I ask you, like, help us understand how that journey comes to, and more importantly, how do you get through, right?
1: Yeah. So I would say it was a culmination of an unused voice for years. Right? So oh, love that. it was, I escaped to China. And then mm-hmm. I came back and I, you know, came back and I ended up like living with my parents, right? Because no money. It's like, mm-hmm. you graduate college, and it's just right. like things are more expensive here. So I'm still in that place that made me feel less than that made me feel like I have no voice. And then yeah. I escape again, And then i come back and i come back to the same place and on top of that i got a job like right away that's why i came back and then i was let go from that job i was like i've never been fired ever Mm -hmm. from anything so like that really hurt me i was like what am i doing wrong (laughs) i did everything so um so i have to stay with my parents right Mm-hmm. And now my work history is mainly tied up in China. Right. So even though I can show you that I've been working, are you really like what employer is going to call, you know, across seas to speak? Right. to someone? They're not doing that. And then you have all the stuff that's going on, you know, just in our, in our society as well. And then there's a thing that a lot of people don't know. It's called reverse culture shock. So you have culture shock when you go to a place, if you stay there for a long period of time, because you start to see the differences in society, Mm -hmm. right? But reverse culture shock is when you come back. So you've now acclimated yourself to a whole new way of thinking, Mm -hmm. a whole new society. And then you come back and you realize that you have changed and nothing else around you has. Right. Everything feels like it's back in the 1800s in a way. Right. And so You have had all these experiences that nobody can really relate to in your immediate family, right? Mm -hmm. Because they've been living their life here. On top of that, you are frozen in time in their mind as who you used to be. Mm -hmm. And so they're treating you like you used to be. They're
0: expecting you to act like you used to act.
1: So now, you know, and
0: that's, that's, sorry, my brain's just thinking out loud here, but. Like that, that dynamic, right? When kids go to college, even if it's not that far, it's a whole new culture and a a whole new world. And then you revert back to the other culture and you're not that same person and you don't interact with the world, with your parents, with life, the same way you used to. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that there's a name for that. Yeah, I really do. Because I don't think we give it enough credit, right? Like we think we'll just fill back in, Mm
1: -hmm. but we don't anymore. In some ways you do, right? Oh, yeah. You know, it's But when you live, when you're living in a different society, like it's, you had to switch. So now you're switching back and you're, you're seeing things about your own society that you don't mm-hmm. really like mm-hmm. um, and that you can't change because you're here. And then you're yeah, seeing other things that like, oh, I missed and I loved. So it's this weird thing going on. Right. But for me, it was, I didn't really want to come home, but I couldn't really see myself living in China for the rest of my life. Sure. And so I was like, okay, I will come here. And I needed to rest because, you know, I was living by myself. I was the only foreign teacher at my school. You know, it was a lot going on, like coming home. My grandfather is dying, coming back, having to move back into my parents' home. Yeah. And it was not a happy place. It was not a happy time. And I didn't realize I was depressed mm-hmm. you know, because to me, depression was you can't get out of bed. Depression was you can't brush your teeth. You can't, you know, do anything like that. I was right It was different.
0: labeled it, and there's one way to be depressed. And if you're right. not doing these things on the TV commercial, you're exactly. not depressed, you know. Exactly. And, and I understand that, right? Like there's so many we're so quick to label ourselves, and we think, well, if I'm not depressed, I just must be, you know, a loser or something, right? My words, mm-hmm. not yours, but we are just people on a journey yeah. trying to figure ourselves out. Like that's yeah. it. Right. Um. So, okay. So, so yeah, I totally see that picture of the transition back home being a huge shift, that identity, that wholeness now is kind of shaken, Right. And, and it brings you to a point, and I think what you said was, I had a conversation with God and I was not polite about it, right? Because at the time, I think you had said you had fathomed through, I'll, I'll put my words in again, ways to escape, right? You were looking for a way to escape. So there was a date and a time or fathoming out dates and times. How, like, what was that place where you're sitting in your car having this conversation with God? What did that, what was that place for you? And how did you... How do you garner the courage to say to God, dude, enough is enough, right? Or however you put it, um, take us to that point.
1: So what happened is I, like I said, I was fired from a job. I couldn't find another one for four months, found one. It was terrible. Um, I was having panic attacks there and I ended up leaving and I drove For like Lyft and Uber Mm -hmm. for basically a summer and I'm broke, right? All of my savings. I'm, and I'm like, I'm doing the things, right? Praying, fasting. I'm going to church. I'm trying to be respectful to these people that I feel are not being respectful to me. I am exhausted. And thoughts over these months was like, you don't have to be here. You don't have to be here. Yeah. You know, and before it would be like a small little thought. And then it was, you're right. I don't, I don't. And then what happened really is I was angry. I was just livid with God because I'm like, I've been begging you for help begging. I've been doing everything that they say to do in church. I have been faithful. I haven't done this, 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 and this. So I'm like listing off all these things. And I guess in my mind, I'm like, I'm your kid. Like I have rights, like I did not ask to be born. I did not ask to come here. And if that is something that we do up there, you need to let us know, you know? So it was really just me like going off. I was just like, listen, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. And now you need to do what you're supposed to do. Or I am not, you better not punish me for me deciding not to be here. So I just told him, I was like, listen, I'm giving you one month, one, just one month to make me feel less like dying. I didn't expect a miraculous turnaround. I didn't expect to be like, Oh, I'm happy. Life is great. Like, when you're that low, the pressure is so much there's like, if you could just take some of the pressure away from me, then I feel like I could continue. But if you keep Mm -hmm. me in this place, you're signing my death certificate. And that's basically what i said and so i told god i was like what i will do is the only thing i could think about doing because i think i listened to someone talk about affirmations was i listened to affirmations on a loop on um youtube and i listened to them when i was sleeping i listened to subliminal ones i just had them playing throughout the day for 30 days and i was like i remember it was august and i was like if i do not feel less like dying by september 1st i'm going to kill myself and i knew exactly how i was going to do it i was like i'm like okay i'm going to write my letters this day i'm going to make sure that they They come in the mail by this time so my parents could see it. I want to make sure I'm not in the house so they don't find my body. I'm going to be over here so these people find my body. Like, I was like, no, like, I don't want to traumatize them in any more than it's already going to be. But it wasn't about death, it was about relief. It was about, I was in so much pain that the only way that the pain could go away was if I wasn't here. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this with people and like the motivational things that I do. I'm like, it's not that you weren't enough for the person to stay. It's not that they didn't love you because I love my family. Yeah, It was the fact that they were in so much pain, like a constant chronic pain that the only way that they could get any form of rest was not to wake up like not to be here right and if you've never been through that it is you you can't really fathom it and what it does is it changes you Mm -hmm. like it's like i liken that unto a near-death experience i'm like you don't know what it's like to almost die you don't know what it's like to be planning it out because i'm like, like no i was you know, you get that you had a moment. timeline,
0: you, you I did the mail system down, Yes, you know, like, and I'm listening to you. And I mean, I, oof, I know this stuff, right? Like, we, we've we discussed this before. And I just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Number one, for challenging God and yourself to to make life suck just a little bit less, right? I, I really good job. But thank you for coming through that and choosing to say it out loud. Right. We so often, you know, like I said earlier, we're probably looking at people. We have people in our life who feel this way right now, where there's just so much pressure that they're cooking. Right. And I truly believe, because I've, I personally have not been on this path, but I have in my journey, suicide has come up a couple of times with other people. Right. And, What I've come to understand is they don't want to die. They don't want to hurt people. They just don't want to suffer as much as they are today. And the way you put that was so beautiful. Your challenge, and this is where like my brain gets quirky and and excited. You did this, right? God did not necessarily do this. God put you in the place in that little bit of a pressure cooker and said, you have enough still, right? Right. And then God kept answering every time you put out an affirmation and every time you prayed and the answers just kept coming when your ferocity for the answer came through. And I love that. I'm curious about at what day did you cancel, shift the plan? Um, But thank you for choosing to share this because what it tells us is that we cannot just say, hey, God, fix this, just poof, because it does not happen. To your point, it's not a miraculous Tomorrow you're going to feel all better, but we can work together with God, with ourselves, with our affirmations, with whatever resources we can find to make life suck just a little bit less. Right. And it takes that pressure off. Yeah. Really does. I I have found that it's a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. So, um,
1: the truth is I didn't have anything left. I didn't getting Mm -hmm. affirmations gave me something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like I was completely empty and I was being filled. And so yeah. what that did is it was after 30 days, I felt a little better, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a constant thought. Right. Um, and I would say like a month after that, I finally got like a, a good job that I was doing, but I was still sad. I was still depressed. Um, I was still listening to affirmations, but after I got the job, I was finally able to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And then I was in therapy for a little over a year. And that was transformative because I was, when you're so broken and you get to a place where you're like, okay, I could see myself going back there. If I don't continue on. Right. Um, I went to a therapist and let them know, you know, like, like, this is why I'm here, because I was suicidal. And I'm like, I'm not currently in this moment. But I also don't really see the point of being here, you know? Yep. Um, And being able to dive deep in um, being able to like, I asked my therapist for homework, because I'm a nerd. So I, I was very much like, I, like, instinctively, I knew that if I wasn't doing something throughout the week, one session wasn't going to be enough, and I couldn't afford multiple sessions at the time, right? So for me, it was very much like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. How can I work on this throughout the week? And so, you know, she gave me homework and that. It was transformative because that's when I started putting up boundaries. That's when I started going away from people. And it was also traumatic, because the things that I hadn't dealt with, I had to deal with now. But at least I had a space that I could do it. And when I put up those boundaries, I, I lost an entire group of friends. You know, it was my best friend of 17 years, we got into an argument. And it was my first time that I just like stood my ground. And I was like, no, like, I am not wrong here, and you know I'm not wrong. And it was this whole, whole, like, just, you know, and she turned people against me, and it was like, don't have this friend group anymore. But also during this time, I met my husband, you know, and then it was like, as I was healing, and then I got to a place where I just liked myself, and then I started to love myself. And then I started to just show up like I used to, you know, and being enough for me. And I met him. And, you know, like we were friends and then we dated. And then, like a year to the day of our first date, we got married. And so it was like, even though I had like this chaos going on in the background and I'm still healing, I still had this joy that was emerging. And now, what is it? It's six, five, six, seven years later, math, what is that? Um, from being in that place, like, I, I've learned how to mother myself, I've learned how to listen to myself, I've learned how to take out time to say, no, you need rest. Um, no, or like, what's really going on? you know, I allow myself to have temper
0: tantrums like a little kid to get it out. We do have to let it out. and, And those voices that are saying, I'm not okay, we have to listen. Yes. We have to listen, especially when it's our own voice, right? So so yes you make room right you you change your dynamic with certain relationships and and what i like to say is there is no one way liberation right you let them go and now there's new room for a, a bigger stronger more valuable relationship not that they weren't valuable but sounds like your husband and you have grown together and are continuing to learn more about yourselves and one another Um, In this time, is that when you decided to forget about all the other people and their expectations on business and create your own?
1: Sort of. So everything, like being depressed, being suicidal, getting help, um, and learning my boundaries, Mm -hmm. putting up strong boundaries, um, helped me when it came to being in an office and working Mm -hmm. um because I was like I am a hard worker right and I would always do above and beyond and I'd be doing other people's work and I would be you know very burnt out and then in this new position I knew that I was still fragile when I started and I was like there's no way that I could do all these other things so I started saying no in the beginning just because I was like I was still scared. I'm like, my last job, I was having panic attacks. I've never had panic attacks before or after. And so I was like, what is happening? So
0: I But <laughs> well, let's not do that again. Let's try something different.
1: Basically it right? was, it was out of survival. It was like, no, yeah. I can't do that. Unfortunately, and so I can't do that.
0: The different thing was saying no, I, in my work, I find people are like, well, I can't say no. And I understand that because there are times in my life where I'm like, I can't say no. But we really can say no. Mm-hmm. Was it hard in the beginning or was it just like you knew you had to do it?
1: Um, It wasn't hard, oddly yeah. enough. It was, like I said, I felt like I had come back from the brink of death. Like I felt like I had a near death experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so my measuring stick was, do you ever wanna feel that way again?
0: Mm-hmm. No.
1: And you know that if you do something like this, you could end up feeling like that where you are. So there was no if, ands, or buts. It was just like, I like no hard no, I cannot do this. So it was still
0: almost like a survival mode. It truly is right. Was, like just truly. if I do this, I I I risk losing everything. Right. Exactly. The slippery slope is right there. Exactly.
1: Okay. And so what happened is what I thought was that I was never gonna be promoted. I'm like, that was my thing because Mm -hmm. I was very good at what I did. Mm -hmm. um, And I like, everyone says like quiet quitting now, I guess that's what I was doing because I was very much like, oh, I'm off work at this time, I'm Mm -hmm. gone. Mm -hmm. I did not pick up phone calls when they called me after a certain time. I did not, like if I'm not working, I'm not talking to you. Mm -hmm. If I'm not doing this, I was focusing on building a life you know, and, and, you know, imagine doing that. Imagine
0: that you were focused on building your life, not just being at someone else's beck and call, right. Thinking that there will be gold stars on the other side. Exactly. The only gold star that we're ever really going to get is already inside of us. Yeah.
1: You know, and what happened is during this time, um, I was working as a administrative assistant, but I had been taking courses for um, marketing management and those things and is with an emphasis on digital marketing. So dealing with like social media, marketing, email, SEO, all those things. And I noticed that they were terrible at marketing, even though they had a marketing department. And so I started hanging out in the marketing department. Nice. And I started helping them. So it was like, I had strategic notes. So I mm-hmm. still gave my all to what I was supposed to be doing. And then I just started doing stuff in other places. Like, Oh, I just did it. And then I was like, Hey, can we like, did you like this? You want to do this? it again? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, cause I learned, I was like, I would rather ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Mm-hmm. And so it was yep. very much like, okay, here we go. And then because because I had said no in the beginning to other things, because I was strategic with those no's, I ended up getting more responsibility in the department. I wanted to be in. And then I went to the general manager and eventually like to the CEO. And I was like, you should just make me the marketing manager because I'm doing all this anyway, Mm -hmm. which I did, which they did. So Mm -hmm. I worked my way up from there. So like that was an accomplishment. However, this, was a very um alpha male place it was also a very good old boys' place I would hear a lot of racist comments oh, geez. Um, and I am a lighter skinned person right mm-hmm. so like like there are mixes in my family and you know I do not fit the stereotype of what they think this person should be right so they didn't wow. consider me other. So they would include me in conversations or say certain things. And I'm like, you realize that I,
0: I'm a black woman, right? <laughs>
1: like you realize that I'm not, you can label not, me
0: as whatever you want. Like, but, here I am. but what you're
1: doing is I'm like, your information is wrong. And it's always this weird thing because it's like i have family that is in the armed forces in their firefighters their police officers but that doesn't mean that we don't have these experiences and so you know like when black lives matter and then like blue lives matter and they were really on blue lives matter and they were really talking about how people deserved what they were getting And I'm like, yo, I have family that is on both sides, you know, that are the, you know, and that is really heartbreaking to me that these are, you know, water cooler conversations and you're here. So what that did for me is I was just like, I'm done. I can't be here. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to change anything. I'm not trying to like, be like, you need to change this. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like I need to be here. Like I can go someplace else and be happy. Like you are not, you know, my end to anything. So I started my business during COVID, um, which they really didn't do anything about because they didn't really believe in it, but that's a whole separate thing. Um, <laughs> and I ended up I like I got I got me- I got into an argument with my former manager, basically. Okay. Um because I guess he was having a bad time in his life. But that argument was like, I will never be here again. And I remember coming in and sitting now, like I called a meeting with like the general manager and the CEO who I had a really great relationship with. And I was like, look, I started my business. This is what I do. I would like you to hire me um, as your contractor for your marketing. I'm not going to be working in this office anymore. And they were like, Good for you." okay they're like well let me let me think about it i was like yeah would you like to see my paperwork like this is a real business here you go they're like no we're good and that was a that was a thursday and on monday i was working for myself like yeah so that's how lily rose came in because i i everything it was like how do i explain it every obstacle and every dark moment that I overcame gave me strength and courage to fight and understand my worth for the next one. And so whether it was in the, I'm still in, you know, fight or flight mode, like, no, I can't do this. That's how original boundaries were set. Mm -hmm. And then it was, you know, like, I don't have to fight every battle if I don't want to. I don't have to be here. You know, like there are options for me. Um, and I'm not, and also putting in the work and continuing to put in the work, like learning what I learned from therapy, I still do every single day. I'm still journaling. I'm still talking to myself. I'm still checking in. I'm still doing all this. It's like, is this going to help me? And I'm still affirming who I am. And so being in this environment, I was like, this is not me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be here. I'm like, I know
0: who I am. I don't and that's have to be the, around bigoted people. I'm fine. The most important thing to listen to is when, you know, in a world where we can swipe right and left and, and make decisions in a half a second, we don't take enough time to check in and say, do I like this? Mm-hmm. Right. To your point, is this my fight? Right. Right is this my job? Is this the best use of my time and energy? And we do not take enough time culturally to ask those questions. So when you say you journal, is it free form journaling? Do you use prompts? Um, give us a little nugget that maybe some of our listeners can take away, perhaps for a daily practice.
1: I do three things, actually. So um, have you heard of The book, The Artist's Way. by I've heard of it. I have not read it. So she's really cool because she does this thing called um, Morning Pages where it is free form, where you're basically writing down every thought that comes into your head. And so it could literally be, I have nothing to say, I have nothing to say, I have nothing to say. Oh, I need to get this. Like, oh, I have to go to the store. I have to do this. Like, I really hated how he talked to me last night. (laughs) You know, so it, the whole thing is, we kind of stop ourselves even when we're journaling of like really expressing ourselves. And so if you do it first thing in the morning, she calls it the sensor. You're trying to get past the sensor
0: in mm-hmm. your mind that's saying, Don't say that, right? Mm-hmm. So I do that. Yeah. That. Um, the judger, the I, judgment, right? Like right. Thing that says, um, you I think you said I don't like the way he talked to me. We might think that's not important, right? But when we put it down on paper and if we see it there a couple of times, now that's data. Right. Like that's important information, whether it seems important or not, if it's our experience, it has relevance. Yes. So I think that's great. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's it's wonderful. And then I just have, you know, like when I'm feeling, I write that down as well. And then something that I do that I got like I've told other people to do this, that they were just like, ah, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I have taken questions that Like, you know, if you like Google, like questions to ask on a first date or like things to get to know each other, I asked myself those questions. Oh, that's fun. So, cause I'm like, you change like at every stage, like you're different. I'm not who I was when I was 20, you know, I'm not going to be who, like who I am now is not who I'm going to be at 50, 60, 70. So I'm that's my way of checking in. So I will go and I'll go through a list of questions and I'll be thinking about them and whatever it is that I feel like I need to think more about. I might journal about, or I'll just be thinking about, Mm -hmm. but that's always a way of how do I say, Oh, I know why I started. It felt like, it felt like I separated from myself. Mm -hmm. And I had to get to know myself and trust myself again. And by becoming my friend, I then was able to join back together. So it was like, it was easy for me to disassociate. It was easy for me to hide within myself because I wasn't listening to myself. Well, you were a stranger,
0: right? Like it's easy to... To separate yourself from a stranger, right? Exactly. But to go back to earlier in the conversation, when you get to know the other person that you're in relationship with, and in this case, it's yourself, myself, ourselves. Um, I I, I totally agree with you. We don't ask the questions. We don't know ourselves and what we actually like, and then by extension, our people don't know us, mm-hmm. right? And so now it's this whole spider web of messiness and. I think you also said earlier it it's not easy going through these harder, more seemingly traumatic evolutions and shifts in relationship. But it gets so much easier when we're only listening to one voice and when we're checking in with that voice, and we're not being told by the media or the politics or the geography where we live, who to be, how to be, what to be. Mm -hmm. And throughout this entire conversation, what I keep hearing what I keep hearing you do is you said it, you, you hit these troublesome parts and then you put yourself in a position and you say, I want to be here and this is not enough. I want more. And, and you, even though it hasn't been fun, pleasant, or easy all the time, (laughs) when you put your mind to something, my God, woman, you put your mind to something. And I really, I, I, cannot say enough how how grateful i am that you're sharing this story because there are so many pieces of experience and advice you know a couple that pop into my head is you know what are you escaping right it's okay to go to china but do you know what you're escaping and and what what you need to deal with and then when you go back how do you how do you transition back what boundaries do you need to put in place right how do you challenge your relationship with God? That's another thing we've been told time and time and time again, how it looks and what it looks like. And you said, uh-uh, we're going to, we're going to shift this up because I've been doing it your way. We're going to do it my way now.
1: Okay. I want to talk about that real quick. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: this is probably controversial. So trigger warning for any Christian, um, and any religious person. On my healing journey, I stayed away from churches mm-hmm. and songs that told me I wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So for us, where it's like, who am I that God would love me? Who am I of this? And I, I'm i like, that's not, you're telling me that I'm not enough, right? So when things get bad, why would I go to God if I don't think that I'm enough? Why would I
0: think that he would help me? Not oh, as if- the parent, right? Right. Well, we like do the same thing to our kids, and, and we tell them, and they don't want to come to me and tell me what their real problems like are.
1: Why, yeah. Right, why? But also, also like, I, I am in a whole new phase of my relationship with God, and it does not always look like what I was taught. And that was the big thing because God has never been like a villain or a tyrant to me. It's never, I've never felt like, I mean, I battled with the whole thing of, oh, you know, if I don't do this, I'm going to go to hell. If I don't do, you know, and now it's just like, it's, it's so much more
0: simple than they say, you know, it's just like, we overcomplicate it, right? Much much more and i think what you said in the very beginning was like you're just love right like you just want to be here for the love and that's what we i think all are and i i see you so much in that experience of redefining the relationship with god and faith and religion because i had the same thing like i was like i just don't get this you're making god into something angry and and that I'm supposed to be afraid of when I thought this was an invitation to salvation you know and and I thought I was a gift of God I thought I was made in the likeness of God how can I be so bad that I have to repent and apologize and fear right I don't want to have that dynamic with my own children so why do we bring that to our spiritual parent you know
1: right and what I have learned and when I'm still learning is like I am a co-creator I'm
0: mm-hmm.
1: a co-creator with Christ so I it's like it. I do my part and he does his yep. part right and I feel like your your thoughts determine your reality like that's just really what it comes down to
0: and I would hear that a lot and I'm like okay <laughs> um but Right. It sounds very superficial, right? Like, doesn't it sound like just this layer of things, but it is the, it's the filter through which everything goes.
1: Well, right. Because if you have a bad self-concept, mm-hmm. then you are purposely living in a place that is going to attract certain people and situations to right. you. And I will use myself in a, as an example. I didn't think I was enough. It would go up and down, you know, but it it never like I never allowed it to stick
0: because
1: of me being bullied. It was I'm naturally good at singing. I'm naturally good at acting. The arts, writing, like the arts in general, like I'm very good at it, Mm -hmm. and I'm very good at speaking, right? And I'm pretty. I said it. There you go, right? Right. So because
0: of that, we're shifting that. She's drop dead gorgeous. She's absolutely beautiful. So we, it's okay. It's okay to say that. I think it's wonderful and so because of
1: that i got bullied Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it was you know if i was trying to be friends with you it was who do you think you are if i was quiet into myself it was she thinks she's better than everybody and i was like i'm actually very afraid right now and i'm trying to see what's going on but it was people's own insecurities so what i internalized as a child was don't shine Mm -hmm. don't do this um, you can only shine if you make other people shine more than you, right? Yeah. So I ended God. up Same. I ended up in a friendship with someone who was extremely jealous of me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was we're great as long as I'm doing better than you.
0: As long as you stay small. Right. Mm-hmm. And
1: as soon as you know, I'm just relaxed and me and goofy. I naturally get attention and I'm not asking for the attention, but now you're jealous. Now it's, Oh, you always do this. You want attention. You want that. So I was like, no, I'm like, I thought we were all vibing. I
0: thought we were yeah. all having a good time. is How we were supposed to live. And, and it is, we are supposed to live in our fullness right. and, and- if we aren't taking the time, and of course, as you know, young people, we don't always say, Well, is this a good healthy friendship for me? Like, Our- yeah you don't know. I'm working on teaching my children that in a way that's not super like mommy like, but yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it's I-, I want them, I don't want them to be 43 and be like, you know, I wonder if this relationship is good for me. You know, yeah. I-, I want to kind of fast forward that for them if they can. And I think hearing this conversation is a reminder to that, right? Like we have to keep pursuing our gifts. We have to look for those moments where the world or otherwise are making us feel small and telling us that the best bet is to stay there. And I think that what I love about your transformation is now you run a business. Now you are, have become a coach. You have your own podcast in the interest of putting other people in the light, right? Like here you are saying, um, you know, I I was afraid to shine my light and it's your take, you're flipping the table and saying, I do not want anyone to live in a world where they don't know that their light exists and have a platform for it to shine. And I, you know, the part of me, the very feeling emotional part is like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry you went through all this. It's so tough. But the other part of me is like, thank God you did, right? In whatever relationship you want to have with God, universe, spirit, thank it all. Because we need more voices telling us that, that it's okay to shine our light. We need more voices telling us it's okay to fall in, in in emotional, cultural feeling ways, but we get back up together. And it's okay to just feel worthy. And I think that whether you're doing that through individual coaching or working with businesses and their brands to promote their voice, yours is a critical piece. And, and I just am very grateful for that. Um, so before we close with how people can find more of you, um, two quick questions, because you mentioned books and I love books. So uh, you meant the art of, or you mentioned the art of what? what was the it?
1: artist's way.
0: The art of sway. So we're going to no, have the,
1: the artist's way. Well, oh, the
0: artist's way. Yeah. So we'll have to put that in the show notes. What other book would you recommend to our listeners for something that um might enlighten them or broaden their understanding just a little bit?
1: Ooh, um I would say anything by Francis Colby Shin and anything by Neville Goddard. Um
0: that like I my heart um do you and... have a favorite of one of those because I'm not familiar with either so I wanted yes
1: so Neville Goddard um he has one called the art of imagination I think it's called or something like that okay um, we'll,
0: we'll put it in the show imagination notes. is in the title <laughs> okay and I think imagination is a critical thing for adults to figure out we have lost yes. And without imagination, we cannot fathom who we could possibly become.
1: Yeah. We cannot even
0: begin. Exactly.
1: Both of these um, people are teachers and they were like really, really prominent in like the 1930s like, and 40s. Honestly. Okay. And so awesome. they really work on mindset and they talk about like metaphysics and stuff like that. But they talk about self-concept mm-hmm. and basically... Um, feeling like you have to change. You have to change your relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to see yourself as the person who has the life of your dreams. Um, you have to feel like you have it before you get it. Mm-hmm. And instead of focusing on the thing itself, focus on the feeling of having it. Right. Um, if it's like, if you want more money, like you want it because it's going to give you peace or you feel like you need more, you know, power or there's safety, like you don't feel safe. So mm-hmm. focus on things that make you feel safe because you're giving like resistance to like what you right. want. So, you know, like manifest. That's like, right. We,
0: like we that. block our own opportunity exactly. by, by labeling and identifying. Well, yeah. I, am if you had moved through life, well, I'm just a girl that's been bullied. I'll never be anything. Exactly. Right. That's true. Right, but if you believe other, it gives you the confidence, the courage to take steps, to try things, to shift, to say, "Forget it, I'm singing," you know. Yeah.
1: and the one that I mentioned before, "The Artist's Way" by mm-hmm. Julia Cameron. I love the book. It's actually set up as a 12-week program, oh, and cool. so it's for people. It's for blocked creative. So um, she is a writer um, herself, but she's like anybody who is an artist, whether you're a writer, singer, actress you know if you're a business owner whatever it is that's your artistry mm-hmm. and so it's really about what blocks have you put in place awesome. to Thank your you. success and so you read the chapter and she gives you like prompts and like journal prompts she also gives you awesome. uh, activities to do for the week and it's like 12 weeks you mm-hmm. know that you're going through um so three months really yeah. and it's a lot of fun and it really makes you dig deep and look at yourself and see like fears that you didn't realize you had about stuff as well as baby steps (laughs) to get you to where want to be it so. has to
0: be baby steps right to your yes. point earlier right yes. like there was no i'm gonna feel better tomorrow and that's it like because mm. that's not the reality right if we want to lose weight it's going to take time if we want to transition jo- yes you can quit your job at any point in time but let's have a plan let's take the yes. time yes. um now if safety is involved i'm not telling you to take your time if safety is an issue physical safety then obviously you know that that has its own timeline right but by and large it's just sometimes to say you know let me think about that let me mm-hmm. think about that and and when you commit to daily journaling or asking yourself these questions that's the gift you give as you get to know yourself which means you have a better more full package to bring to other people yeah right and it and it's so easy and so simplest not easy in practice but easy in the concept when we give ourselves the time to take those baby steps, mm-hmm. you know. So, so that brings us all up to here, right? What is next for Leslie? What is next for Lily Rose? Will we see you singing someday soon? What's yeah. next for you?
1: All of that. Okay, so
0: business-wise,
1: um, I revamped my business, so now I mainly do consultation and strategy for my awesome. clients. Um, which I really enjoy, I have my podcast called Leslie and Lily, um, where I bring on other entrepreneurs on the show for them to share their business journey. The good, the great, the bad, the ugly, as well as ways that they're marketing themselves Um, and I just tell people, please come on and shamelessly market yourself, tell people (laughs) why you're amazing. Cause like, you know, at all stages. So, and I, I mainly like, I tell people at all stages, I have people who are still in their nine to fives. I have people Mm -hmm. who just started and I've also interviewed people who are like multimillionaires. And so it isn't about, you have to be at this status, Mm -hmm. um, because we're all on a journey. And so You know, you need to get inspiration from people who, that are where you are, and not everybody is a Zuckerberg yet. You know, and not right. everybody wants to be, right? right. So yep. that's why I bring them on my show. And right now, I'm doing, you know, a lot of speaking opportunities, whether it is through podcasting on other people's shows, or, you know, if you guys need someone. To um, if you need to book someone when it comes to marketing, or if Mm -hmm. you need to book someone when it comes to motivation, I'm the woman for you. Mm -hmm. That's really what I'm doing. And music-wise, I am in the midst of writing an album. My goal is to have 12 songs by a five and a half right now that I've written um, and that's That's incredible. Recording. So my goal is at the end of this year to be able to release the album and that the whole that. thing is about anthems. It's it's a happy album. It's about when you're going through something put this on and it
0: will help get you to
1: the other side.
0: So is it like you took all of the affirmations and your experience and bundled it up into a happy anthem album?
1: Kind of. I I remember I would say a lot that I felt like I was a phoenix that rose from the ashes like because Mm -hmm. they die as they're burning basically right Mm -hmm. and so it's like oh I went through fire and (laughs) (laughs) and so I I started writing from that place Mm -hmm. of you know of overcoming and of like resting and there it's it's a lot of fun like I was like, Oh, my God, like, like, I would just listen to this all the time. Like, I'm, I go through my house singing my own songs. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, this is is good. good. (laughs) This is gonna be good.
0: I love it. So how do we follow along? Because I'm, I'm certain that we're all going to want to catch up on on that album. Um, How do we follow along? And how do we find more of you and Lily Rose? So my business, you can follow me on
1: LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. It's at Lily Rose B M A. Lily just with a slight L I L Y, not too else well. so because people mess <laughs> yeah. that set up. And then personal one, um, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube,
0: awesome. and
1: it's actually Butterscotch Kisses. That is my name. That's cute. That's, you know, I'm butterscotch and I like kisses. So, <laughs> um, but it's butter underscore scotch okay. underscore kisses. Yes, because someone else had the name and I had to bring it up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but that is where you will find. Um, I do vlogs about like daily life living, that's where you'll find my vocal covers. Awesome. as well as that is what is going to come the album will come out with that which i'm really really excited about i'm
0: excited i'm like finally <laughs> oh but you yeah, know that's the thing it's it it's almost like it's almost like this comes full circle right there was this little girl who was hiding her biggest gift this musical ambition and yes like you explored it but it was always under the pressure of other things right And I love that this musical component is really flourishing in a part where you do feel equally whole, right? Or at least on the journey towards something more like that. Um, So I think that what we're going to get is going to be very inspirational and very real and very passionate. And I think it's right on time. I think you're right on time. I'll
1: send it to you. When it's time, I'll send it to you. Please, what, What my hope is um, which is really funny. Um, I don't think a lot of singers think about this is, you know, like you go to conferences and they're like motivational speakers and stuff like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. I will be speaking, but I want my music to play there. Yes, You know, I want it to be that while you're there and while you're waiting, yep. you hear something that is also motivating you.
0: You mean background music? That's good. Yeah. You know, like, or the background elevator music, type music, that, if you will. <laughs> i
1: i would love to perform there Mm -hmm. as well you know put everything full circle to let people see like you can do it um you you can make it to the other side you really can it takes work Mm -hmm. it does and that is not what you want to hear when you're going through i know but i but it's but it's the
0: most important thing to hear right the hardest thing is usually the most critical thing 't you think <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and, if, and that's where, you know, I'll say it again to to kind of just circle back. We have no idea what people are going through, right and and we don't take enough time to ask each other questions about how we are and what we like. So I challenge everyone today to think about the people in our lives. Can we ask them the questions of what makes you happy? What makes you sad? right? What makes you angry or proud, curious? And those are all questions I use with the people I work with regularly. Mm -hmm. Ask those questions, because it could be the game changer. That one question of what makes you sad could be the game changer for someone else who has not yet vocalized what's bringing them down. Um, And that's where we're in this together, right? We have to be in this together. So um, for those listening, if someone you know is struggling, please reach out for help. There are suicide prevention and mental health um, hotlines all over the place. Maybe we can throw one in the show notes um, if there's one that or any organizations that you think might be helpful. Um, but I, this means the world to me because I do not want people to feel alone. No matter what stage of life they are, I do this podcast because I want to give for free, whatever coaching advice, whatever life advice I can to the world, because it is hard to access, right? So, friends, share this with someone in your life who might be on a journey and need a reminder that how did you say it? It's worth it to get onto the other side, or um, it's it's so critical because you're worth it, right? So as we close today, I wanna thank you, um, one, for making the choice to challenge yourself and God to continue the journey until you felt better. Thank you for not escaping that way. And thank you for choosing to use your gift and your struggle to help me and others learn through compassion and a little bit of humor and celebration um, that no matter where we've been, we can take this place and we can make tomorrow just a little bit better. Um, So I thank you. I wish you all the greatest luck. I will be watching. I hope our listeners will be watching um, and hopefully singing along in just a few short months. Thank you. And I hope you will make it a great day and I hope to see you soon. And that's a wrap on another episode of And All The Things. If you enjoyed today's show, please like and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. If you really liked it, please go ahead and read it. Then think about who in your life might also need to hear it and any of the other episodes we have shared. Then share it with them. When you find something meaningful, something valuable, you've got to share it and it forward to those you care for. Thanks for joining us and follow along on Instagram at myjoycoach to see more of me, your host, Michaela Birdishaw. And as always, make it a great day.